Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Um, I think it was Tony Morrison that said, if you don't find something, you're supposed to create it. And um, I just wanted to, so being black and in tech is like a, most people might be like, that's not unusual. It really is. It, it really is. And is being, it? Yeah. It, it, well, I feel like we live in a world where, where everything is so pushed for political correctness and acceptance that people should be assuming that everyone does everything by now. Well, let me rephrase then to say that if I wanted a job somewhere and I wanted an ice cube and I wanted to, you know, program things and, you know, have a cool job and all that, of course, you can go and get a job. There's tons of black people doing that, right? There's okay. tons of people of every everything, race, creed, faith, all of that, right? Yeah. If you want to run departments and build products and build companies, that's where the air gets really thin. That's a lot less they start common. Questions like, wow. Now that I get, because for women also, right? Like I'm, I'm yes. usually the only female speaker at a business conference. Yes. Um, maybe there's one other one, but like very minority of the group. That's always a challenge. And I always advocate for the underdog who's really trying to do that. Like, um, you know, I don't know if you can tell, I have like really long hair, right? So this is like a common thing where someone will say, oh, I love this product that you guys built. And then ask me the most simple programming question ever, right? <laughs> There's this disconnect between what it means to be, um, good at something and what that person looks like there's just this right. whole there's the perceptions totally no i get that i honestly get that out. people will meet me and if they don't if they've never seen my social media or they haven't heard of me and i'm just a stranger mm -hmm. oh that's so cute so like you're in marketing are you an influencer i'm like <sighs> exactly exactly why do i always ask why do they not assume that like i'm bill gates level like i always ask <laughs> like, why are they always here and not here right so it's a joke but it's Deal, like, no, I get it. I get it. Like the stereotypes are not dead. They're really not dead. It's absolutely not. Um, and so I've created a coding group to say, hey, I just wanted to initially, this is pre-COVID, obviously, get everybody together. And we would just get together and, you know, just have beers and everybody would just share what they're working on, whether you had a job, whether you're a freelancer, whatever that was, and then trying to connect people who were doing similar projects and things like that. That was really the initial point. And then it started to get to the point where I could not. It was too many people. Yeah, it's uh, around the three, four hundred range. Oh wow! Yeah, getting yeah. getting together live or yes. virtually? Get together. Getting together live, three, four hundred yeah. people. Twenty-five to thirty at one point consistently. Okay. And then it, you know, we started out growing the room, and I didn't want to move the location, and then it was like way too many people showed up. Got it. Like okay. These things take on a life of their own. A lot of people don't realize that. Like you push and you push, you're like, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. And then it like explodes on you. You're like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that was going to happen. And I gave out my personal email address and it was, it was a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, be, be careful what you wish for, it will come true. <laughs> absolutely. And so I was like, you know what, we'll do free weekly trainings and then everybody can ask the questions they want to ask. And then in those trainings at the end, we have this little segment where they can just kind of share information. 
And that's what we do now. So online, that's uh, blackmancode.tech um, is where that is. The there's media- a .tech extension? Yes, there's a .tech extension. I didn't know that. The group itself exists at meetup.com forward slash blackmencoding. And for my political correctness, I did start the group Black Women Coding. I will say. <laughs> that's probably even more uncommon. Yeah, it is more uncommon. They do not participate at, at the high level. Um, I will take the brunt of that and say that I don't, I'm not as active with that one because the response is usually like out of maybe 600 people, the response is usually like eight people. Right. right? And then three show up. So, <laughs> and so it's just a thing. I don't know if it's the stigma associated with it. Like it may not be comfortable um, to be there. Um, I don't know. I probably should make a better effort to um, just there's no shoulds you you do the thing that you're drawn to and being not female from what I can tell mm-hmm. it's not your journey it's not your challenge it's different the information is there though I want everybody I'm an underdog person like I'm always like for the underdog who tries not just because you're the underdog yes for, for that person yeah. I'm for, for the underdog who wants to win not the one that wants to be a victim but the one who wants out who wants to win 100 mm-hmm. percent I'm always there for that person I love that. And so what does the group do now? Like how does, so it's on Meetup. It's got a website. What, what does it do? What kind of supports it provide? Is it just a community? Do people just converse? Like, what is it? All of the above. So on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, there's, well, not every Wednesday, some Wednesdays, I just don't do it and my team doesn't want to do it. We're really busy. Um, but most Wednesdays we meet online. We, they pick a topic. We, take that topic, I usually do the research and condense it down to make it happen in about 15 minutes. So say for example, we show you how to do push notifications in an app. So literally you're gonna come on and you're gonna follow along. It's like free trainings. Absolute free training. That is so cool. Giving you stuff that charge handsomely for. Yeah. Show you how to do it in 15 minutes. Usually just one particular skill. Now, if you put all of them together, you could probably build I was going to say, you should have an archive that you charge a, a low monthly membership for that people could access, unless you just really I, don't want to I monetize do. it. That's how my brain is wired. I'm wired for monetization. I'll turn anything into a business. I see. you The benefit of the customers, right? Like, Ooh. that's what freemium is. Like, come free, live, whenever you want. Um, and then for $27 a month, you have access to all the archives. All the other content after the fact. I may have to do that. You know, we have so many projects that... <laughs> I'll have to add that to the list. I'll, I'll tell my guys that you came up with that idea. Yeah, there's really no reason not to because for the fees that people would pay between 20, this is like a 17 to 47 offer, the way I see it. It just depends on how many trainings you already have, what's in it, um, where your audience is at in terms of income level and what they can afford and what their perceptions are. But if you get a few hundred people in it, it'll pay for the person that will build that portal. Yes. Uh, well, I already pay them. Uh, they just don't want any more work. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get another one. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely get what you're saying. It's a really good idea, actually. Um, and it's the- a service, but it's a service that you need to charge for because it's going to cost you more and it's going to cost you more to maintain and support. And so it's, there's the balance is there. Yeah, and we're already looking for a videographer. So we probably have 11 of the last ones that are not edited um, just because, you know, sometimes it's like passwords in it and stuff like that that we need to edit out. Um, and, you know, we don't have a video person on our team so whoever's hearing this um, well there's a video person who wants free at lifetime access to this 
mm-hmm. they're going to come. You can send them this clip of the podcast, just put it out there on Facebook, be like, okay, guys, we're doing this. I need someone who's a videographer who wants to learn coding because mm-hmm. that human definitely exists, many mm-hmm. of them. Um, and I will give you lifetime access to this. I'm going to have you speak for me when we go places. Yes, sir. I am. I'm totally good with that. (laughs) This is my fun. This is my fun. Uh, And I've been trying to dig deep in my own world and like come back to my, my roots of my business. My business scaled beyond my wildest dreams. And I, it wasn't necessarily the direction that I had originally wanted. And so I was, I've been trying to, I've, I've, just read down the entire thing um but coming back to what i'm most passionate about which is how do you do more with less mm. how do you get more done with less time how do you get more business with less money less investment it's not just more efficiencies it's and you know work smarter not harder has kind of been it's just so overused mm-hmm. you really can't ever get enough of that yes. <laughs> i feel like um, and it's just it's how i'm wired i'm like oh you need this you don't have this okay would you like this boom <laughs> like go there's there's your answer yeah i have this uh thing that i do so my birthday is uh december 20th so from that point on to the rest of the year pretty much my entire adult life i've just been off and one of the things (laughs) it's like birthday and then holidays i get it that's your that's your annual 10-day break it is um i usually don't get a real life break because of my girls but um one of the things i do is i look through all the products subscriptions everything we have and i just get rid of something like you have to get rid of one thing. Usually something's just old and antiquated. You don't need it anymore. And so that's actually really good business advice. So your numbers go up, not always because you make more, but sometimes because you just get rid of things. Because you get rid of, I just recently, okay, I didn't read the book. I listened to the, the I have this incredible app I'm obsessed with uh, called Blinkist, which is basically like Cliff Notes audiobooks. It's like, it's, Blinkist. Okay. it's, it's so good. Like I should really get an affiliate um, link for them because I just refer them all day. I'm obsessed. The first week I found it, I think I read 17 books. I didn't read them, but I listened to them. Um, and they're just amazing. So this one book is um, about subtraction, subtracting and how very often that's better than adding. Right? Many people, when they have a problem, they're stuck on something, whether it's a recipe or a relationship, it doesn't matter. They think they have to add something to it. I got to add an ingredient. And sometimes you just have to subtract. Mm. And I, I said this recently to a, a client of mine who um, is a baker. And mm-hmm. I was like, so, something with the dough. And I'm like, well, maybe you have to subtract. And he came back the next day. He's like, you know what? I took, I took out the eggs. I replaced it. Like I replaced you the eggs with some water and it made a whole difference. So sometimes you're subtracting. Yeah, less is more philosophy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, some, sometimes, again, some and some, you have to know when. And that's, that's expertise, right? Yes. And it's like, if it takes me an hour to solve your problem, and you're like, why should I pay you so much for the hour? That's because it took me 10 years to right. know how to do that. And you're not paying me for the hour. You're paying me for the 10 years. Yes. You pay and- someone else who's doing this for one year, $100 an hour, it'll take them 20 hours. Right. Have fun. Right. And they probably won't get to the same answer. Go yes. for it. I was telling people, like, if you just want someone to chat with for a long time, that's not me. You want your problem solved quickly in the best way possible? That's me. You want to just talk to someone? For, like, I'll talk to you, but it's going to be really expensive. <laughs> it's not likely worth it. That's not, my biggest skill set is not just like schmoozing and catching the breeze. My skill set is solving problems quickly. Yes. And what's possible. the name of this uh, book? I know that the Blinkist uh, app, what's the name of the book for this? The book, um, subtraction something and i'll tell you why i'm asking yeah so every year um i take away something um that is a habit 
Um, so my goal for the entire next year is to just not do that thing. So say for example, if you like sugar, um, I just stop eating sugar. Like that's the, the thing. So. Oh yeah, that's easy. That's not like a super addictive substance or anything. Yeah. Well, I never really liked sweets. So um, that wasn't the hard one for me, but every year I take away something. So it's interesting that this book. Oh, um, it's just called Subtract, The Untapped Science of Less, Lady Klotz. Nice. Spelled e L E I D Y. It was very interesting. I actually really liked that. I love these kinds of pop psychology. I'm like obsessed with Malcolm Gladwell, like pop psychology, yeah. sociology. Psych to me, they're all marketing textbooks, right? How people think, how we're wired, study neurobiology, just like for fun. Um, all of that. I just finished the Outliers um, maybe uh, two months ago. And I love that book. I loved ever. I think I read everything he's ever published. The newest one I didn't get yet. There's one book that just came out like in the last few months, but otherwise I think I've read everything he's ever published. The one about the war, is that the? Yes, yes, yes. that's the new one. I, I, I definitely follow, I love his way of thinking. And so. Yeah, ditto. He's, I'll, I'll be so trans, this is the only podcast I've ever like religiously listened to. Like, oh. He has a podcast. I don't know if he still does. I, I stopped recently, but I listen to everything. Such cool. It's just how you see the world and it, it changes how you can see things. Okay. Mm -hmm. we could talk for a long time tell okay. everyone how they can find out more about you more about the black men code if that is applicable to them or someone they know or your services or anything really okay so my company itself is Kairu consulting that's k-a-i-r-u consulting and of course it's kairuconsulting.com um for whatever reason people look me up personally so um my name is calvin brown i am online at i am Calvin Brown, that's like I and Igloo, AM, like America, calvinbrown.com. And so you can find, you know, many amazing facts, little tools and tips, just anything you want. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm at on Twitter at I am Calvin Brown. I'm currently tweeting uh, both Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey uh, a few times a week. I just need them to respond. Uh, <laughs> reason. Um, so I need you guys to support uh, that effort. I'm doing a healthcare platform. Uh, which will kind of level the playing field as far as offering uh, telehe telehealth uh, medicine Whoa. to rural areas. Um, so that it's basically an on-demand um, type service as opposed to having to buy these multi-million dollar services in order to do it. Oh my gosh, I love that. I need them to respond so that I get the necessary traction because I'm trying to raise a hundred million dollars. So I love this. Okay, wait, I was going to end the show, but you keep mentioning how most of America is rural. And it's not that I don't believe you, but I'm such a city girl. Like I grew up in New York. I live in Los Angeles now. I've, I've traveled up and down the East coast and a little, and up and down the West coast, but I've never traveled across the middle exactly. of America. And I've spent more time in Europe than I have in the like main American States. Um, what does that mean? What does it mean when you keep saying most of America is rural? Okay, so if you think about a state like Alabama, right? So it's roughly the same size as Mississippi, right? They okay. have, Alabama has one, two, three, maybe three cities. Um, only two of them have a million people. Wow. Out of the entire state. The, at Georgia, right? We have six million people in metro Atlanta. Uh -huh. And the whole state is like maybe eight million, nine million people. <laughs> six million people in one city in and then the rest of the miles. state yes. has the other two, three million. Six million people. And then the rest of the state is basically blank canvas. So wow. those areas are usually underserved. 
by the way, we make a ton of money servicing those areas. So for people who think you got to go to the big city and make money, they don't have the resources, uh, meaning the, the people resources uh, for these tools and skill sets. So if you're in a small town, your local hospital and all of those places, they use those same things. So there is a lot. What does that mean? Wait, explain. There were too many days and the things. Yes. So say, for example, if there's a local copy shop, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that copy shop wants to, I don't know, have a piece of software that does something, I don't know, send out emails, anything that you want to do, they're going to pay somebody to do it. Now they found the Upworks of the world and things like that. But those yeah. towns don't have the resources um, around them. At least they don't think they do. So okay. a lot of times we're going to Independence, Missouri, and all of these areas that don't have these resources, and they have pretty decent budgets for the most part to do these projects. It's okay. just that they don't have the, the people resources in order to do them. So we always look to the major cities because these major companies have um, accumulated tons of resources, but there are millions of small companies. The Fortune 500 is just 500 companies, but there are millions of small businesses who have way more money collectively. So would you rather have one customer and lose it all? Or would you rather have 10,000 small customers? And so, and when I mean small, they're not like small in revenue. They're just not $87 billion a year in revenue, right? But the company makes, I don't know, $300 million and you're charging them a million dollars. I mean, that's pretty, you know. That'll work. Right, that works. And you have little print shops that are doing $300 million? Well, not the print shop example. Okay. You may have a government contractor in some random area in Arizona who does do that kind of revenue and nobody knows that they exist. So how do you find them or, how, or do they just find you, which is what we said in the beginning? Yeah, they usually find you through other little things that you've been doing. I, again, I'm the old guy, so I've been right. you've been You've been around a long time. No, and there is an advantage, right? Like I, I know for myself also, I kind of dropped off the face of the earth um, this past year for personal reasons, dropped off my social channels and people are still finding me like, wow. Mm -hmm. And people are like, hey, we miss you. I'm like, that's really sweet. Because they always say, like, if you get off social media, everyone forgets you. It's not true. I think it just depends how memorable you are when you're there. Yeah, I think that matters, too. Uh, if you weren't memorable from the beginning. <laughs> then they'll forget you when you go. But otherwise, people are, like, confused. And I'm like, I'm coming back. I just got to settle a couple things. I'll be back. I'm not, I'm not gone forever. Social media isn't life. Like, there's so much more happening offline. Um, these things, like, when you're on a train and the, the software is driving that train, Nobody cares, right? Everybody sees the train itself, but there's so much more happening. Isn't a conductor driving the train? What's that? Isn't a conductor driving the train? Isn't there a guy or girl or, or human like making that? No. There's a stereotype again, right? I'm like, it's the train guy. Um, no, all, all, I've never seen a little kid's book that has a female train driver, right? They always have male train drivers. All, and I, I have small children. So that's how I know about trains. I read choo-choo books. Um, but yes, uh, for the most part, it's automatically guided. And um, if you've ever been in, in our beautiful airport here, um, we have our train. Oh my gosh, the Atlanta airport is insane, insane. So sophisticated in the tram that runs. We're going to Terminal C. My cousin who lives in Atlanta actually knows the woman whose voice is the voice of the tram. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. You know, famous people. It's all automated. <laughs> That train has no conductor. It's all software. I believe that. Is there someone at least monitoring it? Yes. There are <laughs> like, people that are monitoring the train and making sure. So, I mean, it has, I don't want to scare people, but it has um, stop gaps in place. So when the door closes, it checks all the things to make sure that it's okay. 
And it's, that's why it starts up really slowly and moves up. So it's checking all these things out. Otherwise it would just stop. So, you know, it's very difficult for people to get hurt with these things, but it's all software. It's all software. That's very cool. Right. And, and the truth is, and this is kind of the scary part of where the world is going. Um, instead of humans standing at the doors and checking that no one's arms are sticking out, the humans are writing the code that checks that no one's arms are sticking out. It's, it's, wow. People are like, oh, tech is going to take us over and there'll be no jobs. No, you just have a different job. You're telling the computer what to do instead of you standing there doing it. It's just, yes. you know, and that's why the gyms are full because we sit all day. Yeah. And I want to say to Boeing with the 777s, they could have called us first. Um, we would have. <laughs> We'd have handled this the first time. They we may not have had these issues. I don't know what the issues are with that. I don't. I don't follow news. I get my news from memes. I didn't see any Boeing memes recently. Yeah, so there used to be. There's were maybe three years ago. Okay. Uh, Boeing came out with this, you know, very beautiful large 777 Max plane. Okay. And um, I think companies like Southwest bought an entire fleet of them. Oh wow. And they would take off, but they thought that they were landing. The software had a bug in oh. it. So one crashed and several were trying to crash themselves. So <laughs> Sorry, that's so bad. The entire fleet of planes uh, of the 777. I still think, and it is August, 2021, I still think that they're still testing them to get back um, air ready. It's all software. Wow. The planes- How do you not, I'm saying, that's a billion plus dollar project. How do you not find the software glitch that has the plane thinking it's landing when it's taking off? Keep coding in foreign countries. Got it. So they were trying to save a couple bucks um, from what my understanding is. And it was done in so many different places that there was no, you know. No cohesiveness. And I remember one of the first software projects I ever ran in my old job. So we're going back like 15 years they did something very similar on a much smaller scale, right? We're talking maybe a $50,000 project on a billion dollar project. Um, but they just, they hired a coder um, from abroad who did all of his notes in his native language that no one else could read. And then when we pointed out a glitch, he was like, you didn't tell me that. I'm like, I actually did, but you didn't listen to me. Um, he's like, okay, well, that's a big deal to fix. I'm out. And he disappeared because he was paid already and no commitment. No one could find him again. No one could understand his notes. They weren't just in another language. They were in like his own like slang shorthand for himself. <laughs> right? like, um, and yeah, we had to throw out the entire thing and start again. It was useless. We couldn't do anything with it. No one could fix it. No one could edit it. And no one could use it because it had a fundamental error. Wow. Um... Yeah, That's when I decided to become a consultant, by the way. That was, that was one of the moments where I decided to become a consultant because I was like, I knew that. And I told them that, but um, there, are, there are prejudices in the workplace where they're like, eh, they ignored me. I was like, you really don't want to do that. Like, you really don't want to. No, we understand. We understand. I'm like, I think you don't. No, we understand. And then at the end when I was like, okay, great. So you understood. So does it do this, this, and this? They're like, no. I'm like, well, it does. Here's why it needs to. And they're like, oh, and that's when we threw it out. I'm like, I'm in the wrong line of work. Because if I was in charge of this, it would have worked the first time. Absolutely. Um, I think we forget about cultural assumptions. Um, there are certain things like uh, the hand that you shake with and things like that in different countries that are just already there. Wait, and does everyone not shake with the right hand? Um, it's just certain things are offensive in certain countries, depending on what you do, things like that. I and thought so, that was universal uh, everywhere. Or like it's a, maybe offensive to hug a woman. Like I'm from Mississippi and I live in Atlanta, so we hug everybody, right? But right. that's not 
you know, if you go to certain countries, you can't hug women, right? So it's just not a thing. Totally. No, and even like what used to be called social distancing, right? Like different countries. Now, now it's a, a different terminology around the world. But what used to be, you know, in America, when you get in an elevator, the two people will, if there's only two people, they will automatically migrate to the farthest mm-hmm. corner they can from each other. That's not true in every country. Right. Of <laughs> it's course. not. It's impersonal. Yeah. It seems very impersonal. And so those assumptions make they were, make their way into software. And so Interesting. those assumptions are made, um, we forget about culture. Culture is very powerful. Um, and so that train, you know, um, if you're in Germany, the train going really fast is probably not as scary as in America because they have the Autobahn. And so people are used to driving at really high speed. speeds. Those are cultural assumptions that you can't just allow someone. It's like, oh, I have this German guy. It's like, okay, it's cool, right? And he works on this tram project. Right, and he'll like code it to go 80 miles an hour. <laughs> right, between spots. And he's like, this is normal um, to not pick on Germans in their precision. But it's something like that that we have to uh, be mindful of, that software doesn't solve the problem. It's really people solving the problem. We're just using software to do it. thousand percent. I love that. Okay, on that note... I am going to ask you for a quote. Surprise. I didn't warn you about this, but I like to end all my shows asking my guests for a quote. Does not have to be your favorite one of all time, but it can be. Uh, I love quotes and I love how it kind of wraps everything up and sends people on their way. A quote? Wow. I have to think about that. You'll have to. Um, it could be like a line that you say a lot if you're not such a, I'm like a, a quote obsessive person and my walls are covered in sticky notes of quotes that I've collected. I have chats full of them. I have books full of them. I should publish them one day. <laughs> so many. Yes, I have an uncle named Lamars and he was always giving out this amazing advice. I don't know how much of it he took, but he was always giving <laughs> advice um, to us when we were really young. And I don't even think he should have been talking about us about most of <laughs> but he would always say how you It's started. always the uncle who does that. It's always the uncle. There's yeah. always an uncle. It's never not that's that, that crazy. Um, but he would always say, how you start is how you finish, which is very true. I like that. So how you start is how you finish. That's with anything, relationships, software, uh, employees, any of this stuff. Like if you start off on a good foot, start off with respect, uh, all of those things, it tends to work out that way. Um, even in the end, you can kind of leave on that note. If it starts out tumultuous, it tends to get worse. Totally. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Very chill, very enlightening. I will never shop in a Target or Walmart (laughs) the same again, ever. All kind of letters now. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start analyzing all my products and like where they came from, and start like comparing my Tide detergents and the codes on them from like where I ordered them from. The concentrates of all things, like um, almost all concentrates are different, varying uh, things. That it's the same product. They do different things with. But why? That means if I buy a detergent in Atlanta, it won't work on my clothes the same way as if I buy it in LA. Of course it will. It's just that the rules and regulation may be different. Um, Oh, it might need to be a certain percent. So they're, they're, wow, I get it. So peanut allergies is big, right? But peanut yeah. stuff is in everything, right? So, but refined peanut oil, for whatever reason, doesn't have the same um, effect, allergic response. Um, so they like make the synthetic version of it and all this kind of stuff for just all kinds of things, right? Soy is using all kinds of things that yeah. you know, fills it up and all of that. Um, I just don't think we're very aware of products. It takes a lot to produce all this stuff. 
And so when you have all these different needs, like, you know, Nevada may say, oh, we don't want this much in our products. They just fix it. Um, so right. that they can in that state. Or that's why you can't get a certain bag of chips in a certain state that has too much salt, right? Because, you know, I heard about one that's only available in Indiana and Kentucky yesterday, some kind of barbecue chips that somebody, one of my friends, um, and I think they use like real barbecue sauce, so it like goes bad in the bag or something like that. So <laughs> this is don't allow you to have this because it doesn't last very long. So it's stuff like that. Um, it's just regional stuff that grows. And I get it. No, I love that. It's the complexities. It's the underside of the iceberg that people don't see, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know. I love that stuff. Calvin, thank you for your time. This has been super fun. And guys, for you listening, there's just some really cool information we covered today. But anyone that you know that's into software and tech solution or just wants to be a little bit smarter, start seeing the world a different way, I would share this episode with them. And I would, if you haven't already, obviously, subscribe. I'm subscribed. You should be subscribed because more super fun things coming next week. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?